Hey guys, and welcome to season three of the Us People podcast. I'm your host, Savia Rox, and in this season, I get to make my guests laugh, cry, and even make them think about life a little differently with the questions I fire over to them, which digs into their lives and professions a little differently. We even had a chance to change up the intro, giving you a fresh new sound. I look forward to sharing season three of the Us People podcast with you. Let's go. Greetings. My name is Ila Anderson, storyteller, director of Story Aid. And I'm here on this amazing podcast by Us People podcast with Savia. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Us People podcast. I'm your host, Sabi Rocks, and today I've got the lovely Eli Anderson here with me, who is a storyteller. I'm so humbled to have you here with me today. How are you today, Eli? <laughs> I'm blessed, truly blessed. I can Thank see that. The smile on your face says it all for me. <laughs> Eli does so much. Guys, I have to say this even before we start the podcast. Eli has so many talents and expertise in so many different things that when i was doing my rap i was actually confused <laughs> it doesn't happen often but i was actually confused because he has so many different attributes that you guys listening today can learn so much from but my first question always to everybody eli especially is could you tell us a little bit about yourself as an individual and your upbringing and how that influenced you to be the person who you are today Thank you very much. Very useful question. I think the the upbringing was always around uh, elders, people who were always using proverbs, always yes. using proverbs to explain things, which I guess at a young age is confusing and slightly later even more confusing. And I think it's only when you begin to experience life that you understand what these proverbs really mean. In a, in a, in a way, they're kind of nuggets of ancestral magic. Yes. They, they, trans, they echo the past into the present and they allow you to see the future at the same time. So it's really powerful and I grew up with that. And I grew up with the Nancy stories and I grew up with people being animated about their lives so that was part of my growing up, uh, my growing up in a, in a community, an African diaspora community, Jamaican, to be honest with you. And uh, yeah, so I, I got most of that from there. And you asked me about, you asked me about me, which is interesting. I guess my my purpose is as a storyteller, which is to enable people to reconnect and rediscover their inner stories, to really connect, create some sort of, or co-create some sort of healing communities. So people yeah. can tell their stories. And I think this is the one thing that affects many, in fact, it's affecting a lot more people than just us. But when people are unable to tell their stories, in effect, they could be ill, that can make them physically ill, it definitely makes them emotionally ill, and it definitely affects their spiritual awareness, spiritual wellness, as it were. Yeah. So 
my 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 job is to help people unlock that, um, and my job is my purpose. So that's what I do, even though I may not be paid for it. That's that's the responsibility I have being on this earth. Really, that gift that I've been given. I'm so glad that you're using your gift not for money, for a higher purpose, which resonates with you. I love that. Could you tell me about some of the influences in your life that have helped you to say, this is, yes, this is something that I want to do every day? Well, some of the influences, I guess they were, they're always in the background. And I think obviously my parents, Mm -hmm. my, my family, those people were always supporting me in what I was doing. Yeah. And, 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 allowed those gifts to germinate and develop. And I guess, uh, I guess what was really, what really pushed it over the edge and really made me feel, actually, this is what I need to do, was when I went to Ghana and I'd been doing a really, you know, I'd been involved in quite a high-level senior post, yeah. doing quite a lot of things. And uh, I'd been uh, involved in... 20, 25 years with a cousin of mine researching our family history. Wow. And it led us to Ghana, led us to Ghana. So I went to Ghana and stayed there for a period of time. A good friend of mine allowed me to be able to do that. <clears throat> and I went to Elmina Castle. And Elmina Castle is the, is the port. Yeah. It's a, it, well, it's a, it's a, it's effectively where the Africans were stored before they were transported. It's just one of many ports, Portuguese involved in it, Spanish and English. And I, I was taken around that place and I was there with a whole range of other people. And when I came out of that, I'd said to the person who, said to, who, who took me around there, I said, look, I know most of this stuff that you're telling me because I've read most of it. What I think you need to do is tell me what I can't read because you live here. This is, you will understand the the history that people won't write down or, and I badgered him for about 40 minutes. And then I said, I'm quite happy to pay you again. And he said, no, not to worry. And then he took me around again and pointed out the things that he had heard. And, and, And that was horrific. Wow. That was that was emotionally, I mean, that was, that was, yeah, it's horrific because you don't really understand that the fact that there's an, there's a, there's an assumption that if you come from Africa, you speak a few languages when actually there are thousands of languages being spoken in Africa. And even in Ghana, there are over 70 languages being spoken uh, with, with nine major languages. So it's huge. In, in, in Nigeria, it's more. So if you have a collection of people that you are constantly abusing, that can't speak to each other, yeah. they're not getting support. Just that one thing really rocked me. And there were more. And there's a place where it says the door, place of no return. And I went into that space towards the end of the 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 tour, and just broke down and cried. And it's a really painful oh. cry. It's a cry you can't, you can't cry your pain out. 
painful, really painful. And as I was crying, this little multicolored bird flew in and perched and didn't stop singing until I, talked, until I stopped crying. And when I came back to the UK, I realized I'd gone 360 degrees. And what I was being told was I'd come back home. Yeah. So now I need to take home with me. I need to do the Sankofa thing. And I came back and took it from there. I didn't know what I was going to do. Uh, there was a really amazing life coach that helped me kind of gain some perspective. Yeah. And within that year, no job, but an understanding that actually storytelling was supposed to be my purpose. Yeah. That's what I did. Um, and I, I've been doing that ever since. What was it like doing your first story? What was it like even creating your first story? I think I'd always written. <clears throat> I'd always written for a long time yeah. was a performance poet. And I'd always written stories for years uh, and was involved in uh, an organisation called One Love, One Harmony, yeah. which was, we used to do things every, every year. And so I'd do the odd story, the odd skit, the odd bit of acting, whatever. Um, but actually to be paid to do a story was a bit of a surprise. It's almost as though you're actually paying me for this. I mean, I would have done this for free. <laughs> so it really, and, yeah, and I did, and, I, and my first teaching, my first course of teaching storytelling uh, was remarkable that people wanted to hear what I had to say. Yeah. So in, in a way, it was, a, it was part of my own rites of passage to, to, to acknowledge my own voice, voice yeah. even though i acknowledged it before but in a different way and to actually begin this process of understanding what legacy work is about you know getting people asking people to consider that actually they're bigger than they are yes and they have a voice and they have a right and have a right to their own story and, and that was that was the that for me was a kind of a very powerful moment a very powerful moment where i began to step into that gift because the gift was huge I stepped into it and I realised, wow, okay, this is what the ancestors are giving me. See. We realised it was so big. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, it was, it, was, it, was, it was cool. What's your actual mindset when you pick up a pen to a piece of paper or you're on a computer because everybody writes differently? What's your actual mindset when it comes to being creative? But what are also the challenges of being creative and being a writer at the same time? I guess it's the challenge of being fit enough to work. I guess you've got to let go of some of the stuff that's in your head so you yeah. can be vulnerable and open to what's taking place. Uh, finding places to write and being organised about what it is that you write. Yes. That's really important. Um, I guess some of the challenges, some of the challenges that I had as an early poet was uh, time because I'd be going somewhere and the poetry would come in yeah. and I'd have to stop. So it was, it was, it's coming. You can't get that again. So that was the, it was an urgency as it happened. I was there. And so uh, I had to learn how to regulate because kind of, there's a reality to not turning up for things just yes. because you're writing. Nobody else is going to understand that. 
so I, uh, it was, it's learning that. Now, my kind of mental state, it's almost like a meditation. Once, once I've got an idea, and I've just finished some work with a, an amazing, amazing artist called uh, Ken, Ken McCalla. Ken McCalla, he's uh, Yahweh Arts, Yahweh Arts. And we've just done, just done a 32-day sketch. It's oh, wow. called Ink October. And every day he's, he's drawn an image of a young person or a child, just drawn the image. And the challenge I've, I wanted to face was writing a story for each image yeah. that's there, a short story. So I ended up writing 31 of them. And he's got 31 images. And I guess what's great about what's so amazing is that I can step into the image. Yeah. I only need an image. In fact, I only need a color to be able to write. And once, once I'm writing, I disappear. There's, there's, I'm, there, I'm there watching me write. And it, I don't kind of re-enter that space yeah. until I've finished. Uh, I'm completely consumed by it. And it is, it is, and people know not to, t- not to speak to me when I'm writing. They know because I won't respond. <laughs> How has it been when someone, in, how has it been when somebody interrupts you? What do you actually do? Do you, <laughs> I'd love to know what you actually yeah, do. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, let me see. The, 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 earlier, the earlier times, I just wouldn't talk to people. Yeah. That's, that's I'm writing. You know. So I've learned to find diplomatic ways yes. of asking people um, I don't take the pen off the paper. So uh, uh, emotionally, I'm still connected to what I'm writing. Yeah. But I can turn to people and say, look, can you just give me another hour? Okay. Hour, hour and 15 minutes. And then most times people will say, okay. I've had maybe one or two people say what you're writing. And I would say, please give me the hour. Yeah. And then they'd go away. And because my pen is still connected to that paper, you still have that energy flowing. I just I, yeah, because I, I then look at the paper, look at the pen, and then get back into the story and stand in the story. So the story's around me. Yeah. So I can just imagine where I was before I had to do things. Oh, wow. What are you most curious about right now, especially within storytelling? mental health there are so many things going on in the world right now but what are you most curious about that you want to develop more for yourself mm. and for anything around you that actually matters to you wow oh what an amazing question uh i'm curious about the stories that we as african heritage people have and those stories are locked up in our DNA. Yes. And part of how how we how I can use this gift to help people unlock that. That's what I'm trying to do on a daily basis to create this world healing community. So on the website it talks about try helping one billion people to yes. become storytellers. That's what I'm trying to do. And one of the ways of doing that at the moment, I'm working on a, uh, working with a colleague to develop a full-length animation 
uh, animation feature. Yes. Uh, which is all about African, an African group of young people. And that came from a storybook I wrote a few years ago with somebody else. And we're now developing it into, you know, at this point, we're about to get some, employ some 2D artists and 3D artists to really move it into that animation space. Yeah. So I think what I want to do is how do we not just talk, but really shout, use a megaphone. And some of the ways in which we really talk to people is through this, like this podcast, through our writing, uh, through performing. Uh, although I don't, I don't see what I do perform because everything I do is so serious that it has, it, it has to be thought about because you're affecting people. Yes. However, we need to have a voice that we trust and we need to have a voice that we validate. Yes. So it's very easy to say, okay, uh, I want to do this. You really ask yourself, why are you doing this? How can that be important for somebody else, another young person, to look back and say, I get it. I understand it. That's part of what I need to do. So I think my work has got a level of urgency at the moment. Yes. Uh, there's a, a and I'm working with delivering stuff with elders at the moment. So we're oh. trying to develop elders. We're trying to create help, help create elders because that's part of the work to get elders in back into to recognise their their worth and their stature and their power and their relationships back into the community, so that we can really begin to create this sense of learning, sense of worth sense of voice so yeah so developing rites of passage work with adults and then doing that with elders is really trying to say okay we need more people to really have that voice let's just keep saying keep doing that probably another generation maybe a couple of generations before that really kind of cooks yeah. but you've got to start somewhere you know so all this is part of that that voice that we need to have this unique voice that kind of brings me into my next question in a way which is education so when it comes mm -hmm. to education do you feel that talent is enough or do you feel like education is enough or do you feel that you need the combination of the two to be able to be creative and to be able to have the knowledge and wisdom to be able to do what you want to do in life mm. again the idea of talent and education. I think education is really important because it's supposed to it's supposed to release yeah release stuff from you. It's supposed to allow you to question and formulate new ways of seeing the world. And that's why traveling is so important. That's why yeah, it is. meditation is so important. That's why reading is so important. You want to hear those multiple voices that you want to hear and say, well, actually, I don't agree with that. So you have an opinion. And then you have a way of saying, actually, I don't, you have a, you can have a moral standpoint. You can that's have true. a moral compass, which is so critical. And that's part of the whole education vibe, peace. That's, and that's why, you know, ancient Kemet had 360 degrees of education. Yes. That's why when you went to Timbuktu, you spent seven years learning there wasn't that 
kind of degree you learn. And so it was always trying to find out how does, how do I connect with nature? How is nature part of me? I think that's the whole connection. And the talent is work. <laughs> it's yeah. definitely work. You know, there's something on my website that says, but Bruce Lee, um, one of his, his quote, I may quote this incorrectly, but he said, I'm not frightened of a man who spent uh, 10 years learning 10,000 kicks. I'm frightened of a man who spent 10, who's, who's practiced 10,000 kicks one way. Yeah. So it's just one, just practice that one kick 10,000 times. I know not what Not the means. person who has 10,000 kicks, but one kick 10,000 times. I know exactly and what And it's that, yeah, and that is, the, that is part of this resilience, this sense of really trying to dig down about who you are and not add bits to yourself, but really yeah. find out what's in there. And actually, I believe that everyone has talent. Yeah. But you've got to work to find it. That's true. I totally that's agree. That's the point. And once you work to find it, that's part of your education. But you need to read. You need to see what's around you. You need to you need to be curious and childlike as to what's taking place around your, your exactly. life. And open yourself to that. Otherwise, you just, you don't, you, your talent needs to be fueled. You, need to, you can't just leave it there. You've got to fuel it. You've got to use it. You've got to make it happen. What have you overcome that has changed the way you think and feel about the way that you interact with people? I think one of the things that's really important also with storytelling is that stories can hurt people. That's true. And they can hurt people in many, many different ways. Uh, your story of success might be the last thing somebody needs to hear. Yeah. Maybe you're, you finding out about, interested in them, their story, maybe what you need to hear. So it's, I think part, you know, there are many other things, but I think, that bit which is about listening to people listening to be interested in what they have what they're bringing to this world and invariably i always find that i have grown yes as a result of listening to other people uh, and i i realize the more i'm the more i understand the less i know so I know that I'm nothing and everything at the same time. I feel like that. <laughs> I definitely feel like yeah, that. Yeah, nothing and everything. <laughs> but you have a right to be here. Just like you're interviewing me, this is not coincidence. I think this is yeah. part of something bigger. This is something bigger. Um, but, yeah, I think it's the thing is about listening. That is, I mean, really listening. I like really that. Really listening to somebody. I definitely like that. What do you feel most proud of that you stand for as a person? Oh, yes. <clears throat> I, I believe that everyone has a voice. I believe that irrespective of where you are in this world or what you're doing in this world, you have a voice. True. And I will defend that voice. 
the voice obviously has to be tempered with the fact that we have to be in balance. We have to be physically, mentally, and spiritually in balance. And the voice must support that, neither i.e. that we as human beings are here to help each other. Yes. That's, that's really what we're here to do. And some of us have forgotten. And that's brought us out of balance. So I find that I am very vocal when I see people's stories being destroyed or removed or reduced. And in a way, that's made me very fearless. It's made me speak to people in certain ways yes. and remind people how powerful they are. So you know, if I'm working in, in a hospital with people who've had strokes, I will say to them, the stroke has not defined you. It's only part of what's happened to you. That's true. So, yes, I think I, uh, I'm here to defend that voice, to help people reveal and really accept their story. What is the best advice you have ever received from somebody? And how has that helped your life to evolve? <clears throat> uh, yeah, uh, the, the, the best piece of advice? Yeah. <laughs> best piece of advice uh, the best piece of advice is, is to not give advice. That was one thing. Okay. Not give advice. You help people find. What That's true. Advice. I like it. But, but the, the one thing I was told is um, one, one cork or full basket. Right? So you say one, one cork or full basket. That was probably the best piece of advice I've ever given, been given. When I was trying to do so many things at the same time, I was frustrated. I was doing this. Oh, you know, they want this email, I'm doing that. And an elder just said, put his hand on my shoulder and says, one, one cork or full basket. And I, I, it's very frustrating, actually, when you're young and you're hearing that. And actually what you need, you need to say, oh, don't worry about that. It's fine. You know, have you spoken to this person? And it's only when I'm growing up through that 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 makes sense yeah you literally can only do one thing at a time that's true it's not possible to do that and you have to discipline yourself to do that one thing well and then finish it yeah. and do the next thing well and then finish it even in neuroscience where people talk about uh that you're able to do more than one thing at a time that's that's not possible you the brain can only handle one set of things at a time and so in nature, it only happens. You only a plant will will become a pear tree. It won't become a pear tree and an apple tree at the same time. Exactly. You know, you don't get you don't get dogs becoming cats at the same time. So nature has a very clear way of saying, "Do this, make that work," because that's what you're here for. And you've got to be aware that that's what's important. You're here to do something and do that. So I think the best piece of advice was one, one cork or full basket. That's what I was giving. I like that. That's unique. That's really unique. I haven't heard, I've never heard someone say that before. So I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep that one. It will be in, in my, in my list of quotes to remember oh. by guests. It will be on there. That's pretty cool. So which part of the world are you from? Just very quickly. Oh, I'm, I'm a mix of everywhere. I am Indian. I am St. Lucian. Uh -huh. I am Jamaican. Ah. And I was born ah. here, so I am a mix of the world. <laughs> Ooh.
Oh, cool, 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 cool. Yes, uh, that, that gives me a sense of where you're coming from. Yeah. Write that one down. Yeah. One, one quarter full glass. Yeah, cool. <laughs> definitely. Cool. Yeah. I'm sure they have something like that in St. Lucia. Of course they do. Yeah. I'm sure they do. <laughs> I'm sure they do. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted. I oh, apologize. no, not at all. I love it. We're constantly getting judged every day because of who we are, like you say, how we do things, what our backgrounds are. But if you was to ask a question, if I was to ask you the question, what would you do differently if nobody was judging you at all? What would you tell me? If no one was judging me? If you had no judgments right at all. Now, yeah. Yeah, no judgment. I guess... Right now, it's not, maybe about five, maybe about 10 years ago, the judgment was about how good I could be at something, okay. be at my job. And uh, the judgment ostensibly was, was made by people who didn't know my job. Ah. So we have a very strange, certainly in the UK, in the West, but certainly in the UK, that you you can have people who are in positions of power that actually have no knowledge of what they're doing. That's very true. And those are the people that judge people with talent. And that's very dangerous because you can strip people. Certainly if you talk about young black men, young black women, the school can strip them of their innate genius just by saying they don't fit in. That's true. And we have the thing about about the hair, your hair doesn't fit in, or you know what you wear doesn't fit in, or the fact that you speak patois doesn't fit in, which in fact yeah. is a language, you know. So you have all this stuff that that consciously tells you that you don't fit in here, and you need to be super, superman, superwoman, in order just to get on the first rung. Yeah, and I, I think that. What I would have liked there is to have people who saw me as a human being okay. as opposed to subhuman or an animal. Or absolutely. And I, I think that would, have, that would have made my my sometimes very painful journeys, that would have, that would have made them less painful. Uh, but I guess... You know, there's another thing that says, actually, you have to get some pain in order to understand, you know, joy and pain. Um, I do. By Carly Cabran. I do understand that. but You have to get some, you know. But do you feel that people were judging you? Do you understand you? that? Oh, yeah, of course. I do understand that. Do you feel that people were judging you based on fear? Because sometimes people of talent or people with a strong aura can intimidate people who haven't got that higher spiritual power or aura but but people of talent usually do do you feel that that's one of the reasons why people were the way they were towards you yeah i think you're absolutely right you know it's um it is about fear it is it is fear and and i think people people once they see talent they want that talent for themselves. Yes. Um, there's something about. There's something about also that 
what you should be doing or, or what your talent does is give permission for other people to be to to shine yeah that's what the talent's about and um some people don't want that because they need you to be beneath them they need you they need to be controlled they need to control you yeah and actually as a six-year-old who's able to do so many amazing things part of part of supporting you is just letting you shine and uh, that's, that is the danger that when you when you shine you show people what they could be exactly and you you, you or what they've neglected to find in themselves um, and that is that is unfortunate but that's that's the world we live in certainly the western world we live in yeah um, that's definitely really true yeah. Here's a question for you, a little bit different. But if okay. you were stuck on a desert island and I said to you that mm-hmm. you were allowed to choose one president, one author, one president, one president, mm-hmm. one author, mm-hmm. and one celebrity to have a conversation with, who would you bring on that island with you? So what one president, what one author, mm-hmm. And what one celebrity would you bring on the island with you? You can have anybody dead so, or alive. Everyone dead or alive. Okay. So I would, I would love to have a couple of days speaking to um, Kwame Nkrumah. Oh wow, that's a good one. Yeah. I would, I would love to sit down and have a chat with him. Uh, in terms of authors, uh, I would like to sit down and speak with Professor Marimba Annie. You've got some good people. Uh, That's going to be a good conversation all around. Oh, deep conversation. Yeah. This is kind of spiritual work stuff we're talking about. Um, and celebrity. I am kind of... I think I would like to I'd like to sit down and have a deep conversation with Jamie Foxx. Okay. I think that conversation all around will be a really good intellectual conversation. Mm. I can just see where mm. that's going. That that's something that you would have to film so that you can capture that memory forever. Oh, I heard that. I heard that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So those are the people that I think I would sit down and, uh, and yes, that, that's a, that's a, that's a nice meal. Mm. Yeah. That's a nice meal. That's a, and there wouldn't be yeah. a desert island. It would end up being a continent. Most probably. <laughs> Definitely most probably. Yeah. Yeah. How do you how do you define success to you? What does success mean to you as an individual? Success. Mm. That's a good question. Success. I guess if you find your passion, you find your you find what it is that 
you're here to do. You yeah. find it. Um, and I guess that's what you're trying to do all the time. You're trying to find what it is you're doing. So you, you'll do all sorts of things, but you will find at some point, if you keep searching for it, yeah. it will be the thing that you do without thinking about. It will be the thing that people tend to go, wow, and you go, I just knocked this dress up you know, or I just wrote this poem, you know, I just did that. Um, but those are the talents. And to really then say, really invest in that talent for yourself. Yeah. yeah. I think it's that kind of sense of you, you are here to do something and do it. Yeah. I like um, that. Most definitely. Yeah. There's, there's no, there's no um, curriculum in a school for storytelling. I had to go through a whole range of things to recognise, actually, this is my purpose. See? And then just step in it, do it, uh, and, and jump. And just close your eyes and jump. And it will, it, 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 yeah, just trust. Trust, the, trust, the trust is the most power, one of the most powerful things in the world mm. that can get you to where you need and want to be in life, I believe. Absolutely. What one writer would you like to work with that you haven't worked with already? Oh, no. <laughs> it's not a fair question. It's not a fair question. <laughs> um, oh, gosh. It's not a fair question. It's a hard one. I feel obligated to answer it, though. That's the thing. Okay. Well, there is one, there is one, there are many people, Dr. Agri Burke. You know, okay. Work. Um, but, I, you know, Joy De, Dr. Professor Joy DeGear would have been someone to work with. Yeah. You know, I guess, I guess there's a guy called Professor Hubert Devinish. Oh, wow. Who is, uh, who um, <coughs> is Professor of Linguistics in West, in the West Indian University, University of West Indies. Uh, not there anymore, but I would love to have sat down with him as he began to unravel and put together the, the, the Jamaican language called Cromanti. I, I would love to be on the other side of that because, you know, I, I, I love linguistics. I love psycholinguistics. I love what is language? What is it for? How do we connect with it? What is it important to it? How does it stay up? And to unravel that stuff inside of the kind of uh, the Jamaican language, which is kind of being understood by people like, you know, Louise, Louise Bennett and so forth. Mm -hmm. That would be like, that's like a dream writing that, that it that writes itself. But yeah, to be involved in that, that would be, that's I'm getting talk. chills. Yeah, I can see. I know everybody won't be able to see you, but I can see you. And I can see just that <laughs> smile. It's just shing. <laughs> yeah, it's right there. It's like, yep, that is your element. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've only got two more for you. But my second to last question for you is, mm -hmm. what would you like your legacy to be in the world? 
when it's finally your time to go back to where you came from? Yes. My legacy would be to know that one billion people, or as near to that as possible, have been able to tell and walk their own story uh, and through his family and so forth. But I've been a tiny little part, even at a distance, mm -hmm. to enable them to tell their story with passion and conviction and compassion and confidence. I like that. That's a good way to end this podcast. <laughs> That's a really good way to end this podcast. Which leads me to my final question for you is, how can we find you, Eli, on all your social networks and all your platforms? So if anybody would like to get in contact with you just the same way I did, how can they get in contact okay. with you? So you can find me on LinkedIn, yep. Eli Anderson, uh, Storytelling, storytelling uh, Story Aid. You can find my website, which is storyaid.uk. Yeah. That's the website. Uh, email address is eli at storyaid.uk. Find me on Instagram at qteller, Q-T-E-L-L-E-R, qteller. Uh, you'll find me also on Twitter, same thing, same handle. Uh, and you'll find some stuff on SoundCloud, Eli Anderson Storytelling. Uh, you, you'll find me there as well. Uh, so you'll find me in some of those places. Uh, and also, if you just Google me, I'm on other bits and pieces. People have been very kind to me in terms of recording stuff, stuff. Very kind. So, yes, you can definitely find me there. Definitely find me on LinkedIn. Definitely find me with the Eli at story.uk. I will always get an email and I'll always return. That's how you'll be able to find Eli, I've been so humbled to have you here on the podcast today. I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh. A very powerful, powerful African pleasure thank you so much and guys thank you so much for listening to the ask people podcast and please remember you can subscribe to spotify itunes google play and any other platform that you prefer listening to please also follow us on facebook instagram and twitter and you can also donate to the ask people podcast by simply going to the savvy rocks website or just typing in paypal.me forward slash us people podcast thank you so much for listening stay happy stay positive and as always please continue to be kind to one another So just let me know where I can get recording and then I'll um, I'll, I'll send you I'll send it around to everyone to make sure that you can people support you. You know that it's worth it cuz nobody's perfect. Sometimes you need to say Shine. Now's my time to shine.